0: Hello and welcome to A Sideways Life Podcast, The Honest Guide to Living and Working Abroad. So, I am Al. I'm
1: Leanne.
0: And we are currently in Istria on a digital nomad visa. Now, you might be thinking, yes, you've told us this before, but why are you saying it again? Well, because we were one of the first people to get a digital nomad visa in um, Croatia, And Mm -hmm. we were like, say, number 45 and 46, for example. It was was all very exciting for us. But do you know who we met who was actually number one, patient zero, (laughs) numero uno, was the lovely Melissa Paul. She was actually number one in the whole of Croatia Mm -hmm. to get the digital nomad visa. And guess what, you lucky people? Leanne spoke to her this week and did a full in-depth interview with her.
1: I did. I did. It was lovely. It was really nice. Melissa is is such a nice, nice woman. Um and I think what I really like about this, and I, I said it to her on the podcast, I'm not sure that, that bit might have been edited out, but you know, I said to her, it's what's so lovely about her describing her experiences is just how honest she is. She doesn't sugarcoat it, she talks about the good sides, the bad sides, the frustrations, the challenges. And as we've said before, listeners, we do not want to put you off living this life because it's brilliant. Mm -hmm. And we would tell anybody all day long to do it if it's right for you. But at the same time, you have to be aware of the challenges and the difficulties and the more you know, the more you can prepare yourself mentally, practically, and I think this episode will, will really help you to do that, should you be considering the Digital Nomad Visa in Croatia, but also if you're considering other visas. I think there's some, some transferable lessons here, Al.
0: Nice. So, should we go and meet the marvellous Mel?
1: I think we should. Melissa, hi, welcome to the podcast. Hi,
2: thank you for having me.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a real pleasure. So, I mean, we're really fascinated by hearing more about you and your background and how you found Croatia um, because we, you know, as our listeners know, we live in Croatia as well on the same visa as you. Um, but before we get into that, it looks like you have been traveling and been expat for a, a little while. Um, so tell us a bit about how you got into into that life
2: uh wow um i have been living in europe for seven years but i've actually not lived anywhere else other than croatia so Uh i've only ever lived here i do a lot of traveling outside of it croatia is kind of my home base Mm -hmm. and um yeah i've always from i mean i'm 53 years old but from the time i was probably 10 all i could do is imagine going places and my parents were big travelers So I grew up in California and we always went, my parents were uh, happy to take us kids uh, anywhere because they also have the travel bug. So that's just the way it's always been for me. And plus my father was in the military. So we moved anyway because he was always moving because of the the military. So that's just been in my blood from day one.
1: Brilliant. So you said you've been in Europe for seven years. So where did you travel before you came to Croatia?
2: Uh, well, I've traveled a lot even before I lived in Europe. I've been mostly in, uh, I would say I've done quite a bit in a lot, of, a lot of travel in Italy. I actually thought I would end up in Italy, but I was married to a Croatian. So Croatia was where we came a lot. And then from Croatia into Austria and Germany, I mean, all, all over. I mean, I haven't been to Scandinavia mm-hmm. yet. I'd love to go. haven't been back to Switzerland in many years. But a lot into Italy, a lot into France, a lot into the UK, Um, hmm. and then a lot into Croatia because being married, I was Mm -hmm. with, uh, for 21 years, I was with a Croatian-American. And so we would come into Croatia to see family, and then we would go from there. We always would partner it with something. Uh, When Mm -hmm. I was single, I did a lot of travel into the Caribbean, into Mexico, into Canada, into Europe, um, but I haven't gone anywhere else. It's kind of embarrassing. I haven't been into Asia, I haven't been into Africa. I have a lot of the world still to go, even though I have friends everywhere, even more so now since living in Croatia. I've met so many wonderful people from all around the world. And I am due to do some serious travel. So I'm hoping to do that in the next year or two.
1: Well, before we, we get into Croatia a little bit more, we saw that, as you said, you're from California. We saw that you've lived in a few places in, in the U.S. as well. I think we saw New York, Maryland, um, Pennsylvania. I mean, where, what's, what's your story in terms of, of where you came from and, and what you did there? So I was
2: born in, born in Southern California um, in a place called Newport Beach, And that's in Orange County, which is between Los Angeles and San Diego. And I lived many places in in and around that area, um, moving often because of my father was in the military. And then at some point, we went to Northern California for a couple of years into the Sacramento area. And then we went to San Diego. And that's where I went to high school. And from San Diego, I went to college in Arizona. From Arizona, I came back to Los Angeles, from Los Angeles to New York City, New York City to Philadelphia, had a second home in Maryland on the Eastern Shore, uh, which is where a lot of people are. It's all water, so a lot of sailing, a lot of um, homes on the water, et cetera, which was beautiful. But really, uh, went back and spent, really, most of my time was in Philadelphia on the East Coast before coming to Croatia seven years ago. So... Just keep moving east, basically.
1: Yeah, and um so what was your? I mean, it sounds like you've had quite a—you say a lot of travel, even in in your upbringing. Um, is that just got into you? Is it just that little bug that's that's part of how you're brought up? I mean, why are you passionate about seeing different places and and traveling?
2: I think it's—I just feel it's perspective. I am constantly—I do think as humans, novelty is a huge part of our. Genetic makeup. You know, we need something new and different to awaken us in some way. And I am uh, very interested in uh, sociology, culture. I I love love meeting people and sitting and hearing how they how they live, how their family has survived. I mean, I one of my favorite. One of my ever favorite trips was into the Netherlands, and it was I did spend a day or so in Amsterdam, but it was really going into all the little villages around, and meeting families who, for generations, have raised you know have grown flowers, um, mm-hmm. and it's such a specific industry. But for me, it was it was being in their home and walking through their home, into their field behind, and hearing the history mixed with the culture and why that particular trade was important and how all generations of their family were involved. I find that to be so interesting. Um, And wherever I might be, I I love just the cultural aspects. I love the history mixed with the beauty. You know, I just love being out of my life. Does that sound weird? I mean, I I feel like my life is great and wonderful, but I love hearing about other people's
1: perfect excellent well let's take it to croatia um so you said that you're um you were married to a um american Croatian that's where you first came um but in terms of the digital nomad visa and coming here for a year so it's it was introduced at the beginning of 2021 um so how did you hear about it why did you feel that that was the the visa you wanted to apply for
2: uh, well, when I first came to Croatia, I came with a citizen um, and had a five year visa through the marriage. We got divorced three years into it, and they, the government allowed me to finish the other two years that I had originally been granted. So that was my first five years. They let me then extend for a year because I own the house I, I have um, here in Croatia. And then when it came to another year, uh, I had no actual reason. There was nothing that they would allow me to do that would extend the visa. I can always leave for the for the three months out. Um, but trying to get permanent residency, con- the consistency in, in the continuous aspect was critical to me at the time. And I focused a lot on how could I get it. I tried through humanitarian reasons. I tried... Um, all kinds of different, you know, should I get a job? Should I start a business? Everything was really too difficult or too time-consuming, and I wouldn't have time to do it before my, my visa expired. And just when I was giving up, the government actually suggested to me that they were – because, of course, this is happening in January. And so I literally thought I was finished when they suggested to me we've just launched, we've just started the digital nomad visa as the next reason you can get an other purposes visa and you should qualify with what you do. So I had to go and resubmit everything in like four hours and did, and I got it. So that's, that's how, I, how I slipped into it because I've been a remote worker for 20 years. I mean, I've been doing it uh, even in the States. I've always worked remotely and I qualified for the different technical aspects, all the different, I don't know, everything that they outlined, I qualified for, even though I'm not technically a digital nomad in that I don't travel around with a backpack. I don't go, you know, three months here, two months there. I'm not doing that. I actually have a home and I live from here, but I work remotely. So I qualify, but I'm not the traditional definition of a digital nomad.
1: Hmm. And you were the very first person in Croatia to get it?
2: Yes, yes. So that must have brought
1: quite a lot of media attention, did it?
2: I did get quite a bit. And it was, um, yeah, it was crazy actually for about a month. It was, and actually just recently something must have hit again because I've been getting a lot of requests for, either podcasts or news or radio. I had one the other day from a radio, and I actually just decided not to continue talking about it because there are other people who have received it who I think Mm -hmm. are more traditionally what the government wants to promote currently. They want that individual traveler who is on the move. Um, They're really trying to promote that angle. And I feel like I confuse it. I think people don't quite know what to do with me. I'm somewhere out in the middle of, I mean, there's, there, I mean, personally, I know many people who are like me who own a home and work remotely and whether they either live here or they live in Italy and then they come here for part of their time. um, There's a lot of me here, but they, they're not necessarily talking about that person. They're talking more about the individual travelers who or couples such as yourself, um, they're, I don't think they're also addressing a young family yet. I don't think they know what to do with a young family who's a, a digital nomad. One or both of them are. I think they have question marks. Um, they're still learning what this means, mm-hmm. I think, in the lifestyle and the different, the different types of people that are living this way. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I think there's so many, I mean, with the people we've spoken to, the people we've met along our way, there's so many different ways of living this more kind of transient life. Like you say, whether it's having a base and and trying from there, whether it's traveling full time, whether it's slow travel, which tends to be what, what Alan and I do. I guess what's quite interesting about what you said there actually is that if anyone is, you know, so many more people now have the, the capability of working from home or working remotely because of the pandemic. Um, but I guess that's an interesting point that actually when you're looking at visas that are termed digital nomad, that actually, even if you don't consider yourself a digital nomad, you might well meet the criteria for what they they see as, as that person.
2: And actually, I qualify further. I have other things, you know, from the homeowner. I mean, I have lots of different things, but they're really, with this, they were really catering to a a larger group of people who are traveling through. There's an Mm -hmm. entire segment of us that they're missing, Um, the people who are looking to buy. I mean, even in the expat group today, somebody was mentioning real estate again, that they're interested, people are interested in buying real estate. And through that, they they would live here. I mean, isn't that a category of foreigner that is valuable to this country.
1: So, why do you think that is? Because there are other European countries that have, um, you know, similar visas, but they also have other alternatives for people who want to buy in property and invest in in the country. Why do you think they're more reluctant to take that route? I
2: it's a, it's an excellent question. I feel like it is. Um, then it's a newer country. I think they're trying to figure out their way. I think there are property or real estate tax issues. They don't know how to, um, you know, this is a country where people inherit property. They don't, a local doesn't normally buy property. It's a foreigner who buys property. But normally property here is passed from, from family member to family member. I don't know that they know what to do with that idea of foreigners who would buy a property and use it to gain residence unless you're, if you're German, they welcome you. Because you're, I think any European, anyone who's part of the EU, they are okay with that. It's us. It's us third-party mm-hmm. um, countries, you know, America and Australia. Now, of course, the UK. I think mm-hmm. they're less inclined to welcome us. We bring a genetic, you know, I don't know. I, I it sounds awful, but it's it's it, it's honestly told to me this way that we, they would like whether you're opening a business here. Or buying property here, they are less inclined to welcome you. They intentionally don't want that currently because they don't know what to do with us.
1: So what would you say to someone who's who's considering coming to Croatia and have heard about the the digital nomad visa? What advice, guidance would you would you give them?
2: Well, I mean, I think I think it's great to be able to speak to uh, in any of the expat groups you might find, you know, whether it's the digital nomads Croatia group or any expat group, where you can actually find out what, you know, what is their experience, um, because I do think that's been helpful in educating people into what to think about in terms of even where to go, where's the strongest uh, co-working, you know, if you need a co-working space, if you need um, great Wi-Fi, if you need um, Access to transport, you know, there are lots of things to to think about. So and it depends if you're a retired couple or you're an older couple that are on the border of retirement and you're you're thinking you're going to check this out for a year to see if this is where you'd want to live. You know, I think there's a young family, there's an individual. I think it is helpful to ask others. I think that community is always helpful in, in really telling you what it's like, because if you rely on what's written and or what the tourism board, um, any, anyone that they've designated as their spokesperson, if you go by what they say, it may not be accurate to to reality. I mean, that's the truth of mm. it. They're marketing um, what they need to support um, to, to prove that this is a worthwhile endeavor.
1: We found the same. We found exactly the same. We had we had some of the things with our application that we had to go and get another piece of paper or our tenancy actually We need it to say this, and there's no way in the guidelines that it said that. And but yeah, like you say, you talk to other people and and they'll have similar stories of of different things. So, I mean, in terms of Croatia as a country, you've been here for seven years. I mean, what is it that you that you love about Croatia? Why is this your home?
2: Well, one I really love. I love the the nat- I love the way that it's just visual. I mean, for me, it it feels um, it reminds me a lot of of California in many ways, climate wise. Um, not today with these crazy winds, <laughs> but um, it's beautiful. It's vibrant um, visually for me. It's clean air and gorgeous water. Amazing. Um, I don't know. It's just the natural. I think the natural aspects are first. I have been really blessed and lucky to find real family and neighborhood here where I am. Real, um, unbelievable people who've offered themselves to me as friends and neighbors who time and time again show up for me. And um, I think that has made a massive difference for me. I have, of course, Layers of friendships, layers layers of community. You have to have that. I think um, as an expat, you have to find expats, you have to find locals, and you have to find real kin. You know kinship. And I have found that in 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 my neighborhood for sure. But I've been really blessed, and that keeps me here. It keeps me fighting to stay here. Um, It's also, of course, more affordable than it would be for me in the United States. Although, again, that's changing here. Things are going up from groceries to rent um, to medical, everything. It's still affordable. It's still still the place I want to be. I love being in Europe. I love being able to go places. I love meeting people who are also seeking those same things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Community is so important, isn't it? We and I talk about that a lot in terms of making this any kind of expat edition of Mad Life work. You need to have that social support, that community, that kinship, as you say. It's it's so important. So talking a bit more about that, you am I right in saying that you established the expats in Istria Facebook group?
2: I did. I did. I did. Wow.
1: So how many members have you got in the group now?
2: There's almost a thousand. We're just a, we're just a couple below. I think we're about 40 below, and we'll cross over to a thousand. When I first came. Um, I lived on the island of Kirk. I don't know if you've been there. I um, lived there for the first year in my ex-husband's family's home um, that had been renovated for us. And um, I was looking for friends when I first came. It was, it was quite the, the transition of, you know, it was one thing to visit for a while. It's another thing to live somewhere. And um, I was looking for groups and I found one on Facebook and through that met some people and I realized when I came to Istria that I needed to do the same thing you know if I needed something and it wasn't here I needed to create it so it's been wonderful I've met some of my dearest friends through it so
1: yeah cool so I mean tell us a bit more about what it is that you you do then Melissa you in the digital world I'm guessing you worked remotely and is social media is it marketing what is it that you do
2: Uh, Well, I'm a digital marketer, and I've been um, working really mostly with event design and interior design businesses, um, strategizing for them, and also copywriting, although the copywriting is starting to go away more and more. Uh, But I do a lot of uh, work on retainer for companies that I've worked with in Mexico and the U.S. now for, I don't know, 10 and 12 years, respectively. And I do... Everything from their social media, social media training for their team, um, overall umbrella strategize, uh, strategizing for them. Now, of course, it's there's just so many different platforms and different features in the platforms that it's endless to get up to speed on things and to get creative content for them. So I work with different people helping me in that way. Because I can't, through the digital nomad visa, also means you cannot work for a Croatian company, and you cannot start a company in Croatia, even a even a non profit organization, you can't start during that visa time period. So I am exchanging services with this local digital agency. Um, they're making me a new website, and in in place of that, I'm I'm working with their marketing team and or some of their clients. Doing some uh, digital marketing work, so that's been fun. There's a lot of teaching aspects in there that I'm really enjoying.
1: That's such a cool idea in terms of, like you say, swapping services.
2: I've actually really loved that because I've worked on my own physically for such a long time. Virtually, there's meetings and people, etc. But it's been great to go into a, an agency's um, offices and sit in there their conference rooms and have team meetings. And it's been great. That energy I've missed of, of team mm-hmm. physically together. It's been fun.
1: Yeah, no, that's really cool. And like you say, it's about meeting people, but I guess as well, you just get that sense of, like you say, teamwork and collaboration. And I know that's something yeah. that I miss quite a lot about working, right? Yeah.
2: Oh, I'm a different person when I come out of those with anything. I mean, I can get off a phone call with my client in Mexico. I have a client in Cabo San Lucas and I can get off the call with them and feel like I can walk on the moon. I mean, I just feel, um, i really feel plugged in, in a whole other energetic way. And that, um, that's definitely something I feel when I go into the agency here.
1: So, I mean, tell me, Melissa, what does the the future hold? You've got the digital nomad visa until January. So what happens
2: then? I have once again, been looking into starting a business or working. The agency actually offered me a job. Um, and that may still happen, but it won't happen before January. There's it, there's just too much um, red tape to go through. I don't have, I personally don't have the energy for that in this fall. Every fall for the last four years, I've been in this renewal of, you know, the. I've just been it's kicked my ass for four years. And this fall, I'd actually like to not do that battle, um, not, not start again. So I just decided that I would uh, leave for the three months. And I am going to – I also haven't because of COVID. I haven't seen my parents in two years. I mm. haven't seen any of my friends or other family in the States. I haven't visited clients. Um, so that's what I'm going to do. And I will lose my opportunity for a permanent visa. So that's the biggest bummer.
1: Oh, really? So why is
2: that? Um, because you can't, you have to have continuous time to apply for that. And I did apply for it last fall. And the only thing I didn't complete was the language exam. I took it and got uh, didn't pass. I got 50%, 60% was needed. And I frankly burned out. I burned out on studying. I burned out on the investment. And was it worth it for me? Um, mm-hmm. I just found myself floundering and studying after I didn't pass. It was just so intense leading up to it. And then it was a not a fun experience taking the exam itself. And I just, just didn't muster it over the summer to study. And then they didn't have exams in the last part of the summer. And... No more time. No more time. It takes so long to process a permanent uh, application that, it, you know, you have to, to have you have to have to a temporary stay active, a temporary stay visa active while you are applying for your permanent. And I have no reason right. to get that renewal. And that's the problem. I, w- I, I could continue to let the permanent process, but I won't have a temporary that's active. After January so, uh, 17th.
1: I'm, I'm sure those three months will be, like you say, they will be much, really enjoyed if you're not seeing friends and yeah. family for.
2: I think, provided COVID doesn't do something, um, it, you know, as long as there aren't borders closed, then, you know, then I'm okay. Then yeah. I can do it. I, I'm a little nervous to do it, but I have, did I not tell yeah. you I'm a cat rescuer? I also have a cat rescue.
1: <laughs> Oh, really? So Tell us about that.
2: I have this. It's just something that I've always done since I was, I don't know, in my teens, into my college years. But I have about 20 cats to take care of here with the help of friends and um, neighbors. But um, that's the organization I'd also like to start when I come back. And that's what I am looking into, into doing with some friends from the Netherlands. And we'll see. But... Um, that's also not something I can start while I'm on this visa. So my hands are kind of tie- tied right. until I come back. So it's quite
1: limiting really, isn't it, for you at the minute that that visa. It
2: is. It is actually quite limiting. But it gives someone the opportunity to enjoy Croatia for, for up to a year. Mm-hmm. And I think now with all these different programs that are coming out to you know, like the the new uh hotel that's in or or I forget what it is is it a hotel in zadar or it's something else um for digital oh, nomads oh like the, they've got
1: a village haven't they like a digital nomad village type you know, thing I had yeah the word
2: incorrect um i think with things more things like that coming and more co-working spaces i think um it'll be interesting to see what you know what happens in terms of attracting what more else? people yeah. but you know if you do if you have your own business whether it's registered in Estonia or the US or wherever and you can do it you know for a year in Croatia why not it's it's a beautiful place i mean off season i love it here off season um and i wish there was more information about that
1: but i think that's the thing we found difficult about the digital nomad visa as well is that it's it's an amazing opportunity and we fell in love <laughs> and now yeah. we can't stay <laughs> Well, it sounds like your, your trip to uh, back to the, the States will be a much needed energy boost and, and break. And and yeah, I hope it, it will be relaxing as well as I'm sure you'll be doing lots of traveling and working while you're there I as well. I hope so. Oh, fabulous. Well, we'll definitely look, keeping an eye on your Instagram then to see how what you get up to. So oh, if people cool. want to find you, you are Melissa Paul on Instagram. Yes. And you are also obviously in the expats in Istria Facebook group. Yes. Um, and if anyone wants to find out more about your cat rescue, how would they do that?
2: That's a super great question. I don't have anything. I can't have anything um, online yet, but I'm hoping. Oh, cool. I'm hoping to start something. Uh, maybe next month. I'm, I was thinking of maybe doing something. It's you know in Croatia, Facebook is a very strong um, social media platform. So I was hoping to start something on Facebook, but uh, I think I'd prefer to start a website and then just promote it through the apps. Melissa,
1: thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it so, so much. And it's finally so nice to to finally meet you as well. We've talked to you through the, I know. the Facebook group, but it's nice to, to actually put a face to your name and hopefully we'll see know, you very, very soon. I'm so pleased to meet you. How cool is Melissa?
0: She seems lovely.
1: Yeah, I had such a nice time talking to her. I mean, it was like I think we said it was such a windy day. Um, hopefully, you didn't hear it too much. I'm sure Al's done all the jiggery pokery in the in <laughs> the edit, so you can't. But if you can, apologies for that. But it, yeah, it was it was windy. Um, but yeah, amazing. And like I, we said at the at the beginning, such an honest account of her experiences and the challenges that she's faced. I mean, what did you think, Al? What, if there are maybe, like, a couple of takeaways from it, what would you... What were your highlights?
0: I think what I liked most was it was an honest opinion or an honest view for a third-party national. Now, we got into an argument with someone on Facebook who was saying, I'm just going to go to Croatia and not bother getting any kind of visa. It's like, well, yes, if you're from... I was going to say Norway. Maybe that's not a bad good example. But if you're from France, then you've got relatively easy travel around Europe. There are some Schengen re- restrictions, et cetera, um, but if you're a third country national, which is usually like Australia, Canada, uh, America.
1: A country m- that isn't in the European Union.
0: Which also sadly now includes the UK. Ooh. I know. So what's really interesting is that it's a third, that you don't have as many options anymore. I mean, gone are the days when we set off in 2013. We could just basically just get a ferry and drive wherever the hell we wanted.
1: Rock up wherever we wanted. Yeah. Stay as long as we wanted. Anyway.
0: <laughs> and what else? What, what, what's your third, third takeaway from that?
1: I think the thing that I really loved as well is how, um, as Melissa explained, with the digital nomad visa for Croatia, um, and like we said, transferable lessons, so if you are looking at a, a temporary visa, you have to look into whether you have the right to work or a right to work within the country you're in. When it comes to digital nomad visa in Croatia, you have a right to work as a digital nomad, but not for any company or person within Croatia itself. Um, which which is fine in the majority of cases. But as Melissa said, it, it can be somewhat restrictive in terms of your ability to collaborate with local countries, particularly if you're in a country for an extended period of time, like a year. And I thought what her little workaround was just brilliant in terms of swapping services. Um, and I'd really like to look into that because I think it would be a really good way to... To contribute your skills to the area that you're enjoying living in, learn from local people in terms of what they can offer, just that sense of collaboration, a bit of co working. I just thought that was really cool.
0: Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And the, the, I'm sure that when the world ends because of COVID or the shortage in gas. That, sorry, for your Americans listening, that's the actual natural gas that we use to, in the UK to power things. Um, or the shortage in chips, or just maybe Jeff Bezos takes over the world. When we're in the post-apocalyptic world, we will be trading services back with, like we did in True that. olden days.
1: So actually, you could potentially be training yourself up for an ap- apocalyptic event. Oh, nice. Nice,
0: nice use of the word Okay, so I think that's everything about Melissa If you want to follow her Then you go to Melissa Paul That's M-E-L-I-S-S-A Paul On On Instagram Instagram. And then what about our Facebook group?
1: Uh, So the Facebook group is the Expats in Istria Facebook group So if you are considering the Digital Nomad Visa Considering extended stay in Croatia Or if you're already in Croatia And are in Istria Or are considering Istria somewhere to be Join the group. Everyone's really friendly. It's, yeah, it's really useful, isn't it?
0: Pretty cool. Really cool. Okay, so next time we are talking to a Frenchman who decided to go and buy a motorbike with a sidecar, throw his one-year-old golden retriever in the sidecar and then just fuck off out of France and drive. He doesn't know where he's stopping. He's just driven through (laughs) Croatia, through Germany, through Austria, through Slovenia. He's a really interesting guy.
1: I can't wait for that one.
0: Okay, so we'll see you soon.
1: Bye. So your um your lovely French guest next week. Out. What, what what is his name? How do you pronounce that? Oh gosh. You're one of those English people.
0: I'm afraid so.